This episode of the Door County Pulse podcast is brought to you in part by the Door County Community Foundation, inspiring people to give back, to sustain, and advance the community that we love. To learn more, visit givedoorcounty.org. Hello and welcome to the Door County Pulse podcast. Normally, we talk about a lot of the issues that are coming out in the newspaper each week. Um, This week, we've got something different, a special episode, largely targeted at uh, maybe two people. We have um, Jake Nyberg joining us from Minneapolis. He's a musician, ginger, a lover of Door County, um, who has a little bit of a past here as both somebody who worked here in summers and then now see them from afar, also has some family connections. So I wanted to have him on to just kind of talk about what it the what Door County looks like from the outside when you're somebody who maybe has aspirations of of being here but maybe can't make that work like so many people do. Um, Jake, welcome to the podcast. Well, thanks. Did I hear you slip in the word ginger there? I did. Yes, yes. Very that's, subtle. That's fantastic. Yeah, we're uh, we're in full quarantine beard mode here. It's it's red and it's full. <laughs> are you going mullet right now or you just go full beard? No, unfortunately, I think that particular avenue of uh, fashion has been denied by my spouse for at least the time being. But um, one day, you never know, might might bring it back. <laughs> right. um, Jake, uh, for our listeners, explain a little bit of your background and your connection to Door County, what your roots are in, in, in the peninsula. Sure, man. Um, my mom's entire side um, on her, I guess, maternal side is all Door County roots getting back to people who came over from Sweden. Um, so uh, I don't remember the names of my great-great-grandparents, but I know my great-grandfather, Ernest Isaacson, was uh, something of a uh, of a name up there, I guess you could say. I remember being a little kid and going to Paul Fest, and he was the Grand Marshal of the parade one year, Citizen of the Year or something. And um, he passed when I was maybe nine or 10 years old, eight or nine, 10 years old. Um, so I didn't know him super well, but I knew kind of the legends of this guy who started the bus line in Door County. Um, which I think at the time, most of its operation ran from Sturgeon Bay up to Gills Rock. Um, I would, and you, I would there bet was, there are listeners out, out there right now who are just like, there was a bus line in Door County. <laughs> there was. Mind blown. There, there, there was. There was a bus line. Um, Ernest Isaacson, my, my great-grandfather, started that, uh, ran it from, uh, like I said, Sturgeon Bay to Gills Rock, and then at one point um, also had a snow car that he had invented and the family legend is sort of you know he wasn't business-minded uh, to to the degree of uh, patenting it or we might have all been uh, retired quite early from the first snowmobile uh, apparently it was long before a bombardier or, or all the other uh, you know snowmobile manufacturers i don't know how true that is but it was it was lore in our family but anyway um yeah that's that's the roots on my mom's side and so all my life going to door county was something you did to see you know grandparents to see cousins to see family. It wasn't really, you know, the traditional vacation spot. And in terms of some people liking it, you know, over the years too, they go to the Dells or Geneva or, you know, uh, Brainerd in Minnesota. Um, it was, it was, Dark County was a family place for me and I grew to love it as, as more than that. Um, but, um, it's always been a part of my family. It's always been a part of me. I, I tell everybody it's my favorite place on earth and they don't really get it until they come there. Uh, or if they've been there, they'll say, Oh yeah, I was there. It was pretty. It's like, no, it is, it is pretty, but it's so, it's a lot more than that. And so, uh, like a lot of people, um, I turned 40 this year and, um, I think about Door County a lot, um, sometimes in terms of uh, permanence and other times in terms of wishing I could get there more often. Uh, and that, that thought rattles around a lot, but, uh, it's, it's been a part of my life for a long time. Um, and I really love the place. Well, and, and that last thought you mentioned about you thinking about Door County a lot from afar, that's kind of why I wanted to do this podcast because you and I exchange text messages. I have a, a few friends that do this um, looking for whether it be, hey, do you think this property is a good investment? Or if, if you move there, where would you look to be? What what really is like the life day to day if I were to look in Bailey's Harbor or Gills Rock or something like that? And um, and you and I were just recently exchanging some of those messages because you get that, that pull of like, oh, may- maybe I could, you've probably thought of this at different times. Like, could I actually live there and earn a living and do my job and, and be fulfilled versus should I get a place that's like a weekend place or a summer place kind of thing, right? Is that accurate? For sure. Yeah. I mean, just for some context on that, um, when I was 10 years old in the late, nine or 10 years old, late 80s, 
Uh, my parents did just that. They they uprooted from the Twin Cities. They moved to Sister Bay. They lived in a, a cottage uh, right over by uh, what was then the uh, Door Deli <laughs> at the time <laughs> on that little back back road there. Sure. Um, that's all changed a lot, but it was a tiny little cottage we lived in as they built uh, their dream house on Trillium Lane. Um, so this was 1989-90. They bought a lot. They built a house. That was We were uprooting the family and moving to uh, to a small community, and it lasted about 15 months. And my dad, <laughs> uh, at the time, thought he could make his... He was a commercial artist and designer, illustrator, uh, you know, general advertising creative kind of powerhouse in the Twin Cities, and thought, you know, I can make that work from Door County. Um, and, you know, for context, there was fax machines then, and not a lot else. So <laughs> he thought, you know, I can FedEx my proof to my clients. Like, you know, he was doing work for Cub Foods and McDonald's and all those other you know, kind of corporate clients were going in and taking a meeting was kind of a norm. And it wasn't yet at the point of certainly Zoom calls or whatever we've done this year, but not even email. So uh, that very quickly became clear that it was just too hard to do that remotely. And our family moved back to the Twin Cities uh, about a year and a half later. Here, so send, we weren't there very long. Send me a uh, letter. A, handwrite a letter to me and send your comments on this ad copy for me. Yeah, and I'll get it exactly. back to you in two weeks. <laughs> Exactly. And um, yeah, I was there uh, for the last part of third grade and all of fourth grade at Gibraltar um, and still know a lot of people that I met as a 10 year old. Um, but uh, so I've seen that story play out before. So as I look at you know, Door County now, myself in my you know, late 30s, now 40, um, with two young kids, it's a little bit of deja vu. And I don't think I think about, uh, you know, necessarily the exact same move they did. But, you know, you daydream and you, and you wonder, and especially this year with the pandemic happening. And everybody working from home. I mean, my spouse works in advertising. I work in, in advertising and commercial uh, film production and animation. And we can do our jobs from anywhere. We have this year for a couple of weeks. We went to her hometown, which is near La Crosse. I spent a week in Door County this summer. Um, we haven't needed to be at an office. And aside from a couple of shoots here and there, I haven't needed to be on set. Um, and that kind of makes your brain go, huh, interesting. Uh, and I wonder if post, post shutdown, post COVID, a lot of people are going to be thinking, you know, offices are going to change a bit and, and Zoom calls and Google Meets and Microsoft Teams or whatever are going to be a little bit more the norm. So I wouldn't be shocked if, if that itch remains persistent for, for some folks going forward. But the context of having it in my background, um, having had my folks try it once, and I shouldn't say fail, but just learn that it was, you know, very, very difficult at the time. It's not as difficult anymore. So it certainly it makes it intriguing to wonder about. Um, and then there's all the other grand questions of, you know, city versus small town and, and all the opportunity of the former versus, you know, really the peacefulness of the latter. And and I, I tell a lot of people the most carefree and anxiety-free year of my life was the year I spent working in Door County. And it was not a lucrative year. I was a server. <laughs> I played drums at uh, Gordon Lodge. Um, but it was so much fun. Uh, and some of that was that it was just, you know, I was, you know, wasn't married, didn't have kids. Life had less responsibilities at the time. But also, there's just a piece about the place. And that, that I think is what keeps people thinking about it. Um, you know, whether it's for a visit or perhaps a eventual seasonal or a permanent move. Well, and there's a, an ease about the lifestyle that goes, goes even a step beyond. Like when I moved to Chicago in 2000, end of 2011, um, I quickly learned that like, Oh, I'm going to need at least a sport coat. Like maybe I don't wear a suit every day, but I got to have an option here to look professional. And, you know, I had made it 32 years without having to own one. And basically since I've gotten back to Door County, I think I've worn it twice in three and a half years. You know, it's just... Yeah, you're all Zubas all the time now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, so there's a lot of little things that you just, you kind of get so used to once you're living in the city and you come back here and it's like, oh yeah, we don't we don't have to look the part. You don't have to, to fit a certain mold in Door County a certain way because once you get here, you've already, when you, by making the choice to live in Door County, you sort of, you must already fit a mold to some degree or you learn it pretty quickly. Um, and I even hear that from uh, pretty well-to-do friends who say the same thing. That's what draws them here is because they don't have to put on airs or or keep up with the Joneses. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think they're waiting in the sign as you enter, you know, south of Sturgeon Bay there, the Door County sign, one next to it that says pants optional. Um, <laughs> and it just really makes it clear that you're entering a different <laughs> state of mind. But but you're right, Miles. Like, I, I think, you know, when the summer I was there, you know, I was a, a regular at Leroy's uh, pretty much every day. It just became part of your routine. Like, could I make coffee at home? Sure. But I would go out and get that cup of, cup of coffee or second cup of coffee, whatever it was. You know, yeah, for the coffee, great coffee, Ryan makes it a solid cup, but more so for the camaraderie. And especially that summer, I think was kind of the heyday of you show up there, there's going to be people on the patio. 
you'll know some of them. You might not know others. And by the time you finish your coffee, they're a friend. And that's, you know, I, I don't want to sound so you know Pollyanna that that can only happen in a small community, but it certainly happens more there. And, and you, know, you get to the, the end of the summer and you realize, hey, three or four of those people who I talked to all summer, I don't even know politically what their thoughts are. I, you know, this is an era where we so quickly you know, lump people and label them and say, you're in this team and that team. And, and, and social media obviously doesn't help with that. But I had good friends I knew for that entire summer that only later did I realize, wow, we really disagree on a lot of things that in a city, I would very quickly probably identify you as that person and not talk to you. Um, and in Door County, you know, first and foremost, I care about that person. And just in second, what do they think about issue X, Y, Z? And that was really refreshing. Yeah. Door County has a way of shoving everybody together. Like generationally, there's, you know, when I was in Chicago, I'm sure you see this in Minneapolis, you have not just bars that cater to specific age groups, you know, like certain ones are for when you're 21 and don't know what the heck you're doing. Certain are like 22 to 25. So others you graduate to once you, you hit your early 30s. And the, the same thing with neighborhoods, even um, to some degree in Door County, like the Husbys, you're most you're just as likely to sit down and and have a shot with a 75 year old guy who's who's maybe still working or still working in the trades. As you are to after sit the there with, after the vaccine, after the vaccine, after the vaccine yes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, and maybe that shot is your vaccine. Who knows? Um, but there you go. but you, you are going to get lumped in and, and shoved together with everybody. So you have to be a little more accepting and versatile, like you just said. Um, and, and as you mentioned, Leroy's, I mean, that was just a, a place and, and a time when that was one of the few coffee shops up here. But then also it was where so many people in the northern door service industry were either going and, and drinking coffee to get over the hangover in many cases or just to go and see people and um and just have someone to talk to because you do get isolated up here but even in the winter you'd go down there and all right i'm gonna run into three or four people and i'm actually gonna end up with a it was before the days of everyone sitting on a computer in a coffee shop you just go there and see who stumbled in and see what kind of conversation you had with somebody who did something totally different than you. Yeah, absolutely. And at the time I had a cell phone carrier from, from Minneapolis um, that did not have great coverage in Door County, especially back then. This is like 2007-ish. And I remember first time I went to Leroy's that summer, I thought, oh man, I don't really have any reception here. And that became the best part about the place. Um, the phone was in the pocket um, and you just had conversation. And so that element that you talked about of like all being forced together, you meet people here and there, you know, I love that about the place. I loved it when I was serving tables that summer. I love it about the locals. I love that I could go to a you know a bar or a restaurant or, or be at the bowl, you know, and be talking to someone. And then a second later, go, "How old are you?" And they'd say, uh, "You know, same age as me." And I go, "I was in Miss Dalton's class uh, in Gibraltar, <laughs> 1990." They're like, "Wait, are you Jake Nyberg?" And it was like that moment, like that doesn't happen in a that doesn't happen to me with people I went to high school with here in my same <laughs> high school class because there were you know 500 of them, and yeah. so. Um, there are real benefits about that, but then there's also, you know, I can tell you pros and cons of having been that kid who went to the graduating class would have been 40 and ended up in one of 500. There's opportunities that I had that maybe my cousins in Door County didn't have and vice versa. And so, you know, neither is right or wrong. They're just really different. And it is fascinating now as a parent and, and to look at, you know, what, what would opportunity be like uh, for us, for my kids, you know, if we'd spent, you know, uh, the whole year there. And, uh, that's, that's, it's, it's been bandied about. Um, it may not be in the cards until it's more of a kids are out of the house and, and it's our summer place. We're not sure, but that's a luxury uh, that we're not quite afforded yet, but we're, you know, we're hopeful. It's definitely a plan that we're trying to make. Yeah. I'm seeing uh, several more of my, my friends in our same age bracket make that jump um, or planning to make that jump. And uh, I know like I, I've seen it from a few different angles. Like I moved away in part at that time, I was almost getting claustrophobic in a sense up here in that I'd grown up here, gone to high school here. Then I coached at my old high school for years. I ran a restaurant and then I wrote for the local paper. So basically any time you go to the grocery store, there was either somebody with a, a story you have to do or a six-year-old kid who's going to be a superstar on the basketball team one day and they need to tell you all about it while you're picking out your mail carton. Um, those kind of things just kind of be like, oh man, I can't get away. I can't just go somewhere and not have a conversation. Then you move to the city and I'd find myself pining for a lot of this, those same things. Like, uh, it took me a while to get used to sitting in a bar and not look at the door every time it opened, thinking it was somebody I knew walking in just like you would at the Bayside or Husby's, um, mm -hmm. or walking down the street and then the, the horns honk. And in Chicago, they're actually 
honking because they're pissed off at something. They're not honking to say hello. Um, that I, I would look up every time to see who was driving by for probably the first several months walking around the city. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's, and I'll tell you, you know, I don't know about you, but when you when you live in the city, it's just happening. But I, I feel like we seek that out in cities, right? I mean, that's why we have a regular coffee shop and a regular, you know, bar or two that we like to belly up at. Or yeah, a one of the first we, one know, of the first things much. I did was look for my neighborhood bar. I'm like, I just I just moved six hours from home. <laughs> I'm looking for right. I'm looking for my husbands in the city. Right. Well, I'm going to ask you, Ben Miles, having having been there, left, and come back, like you know, realizing you've got you know long established roots there and, and are as local as it gets. I mean, is there any energy right now in Door County? towards, I guess, you know, not even saying it pejoratively, but the outsider. In other words, it, when people do relocate up there, is there sort of a side eye of like, why are you here and why are you coming here? Or is it, has it become so sort of, uh, you know, a mixed bag now of folks with different backgrounds? I guess, how important is it to have local cred uh, the way it might have been, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago? You know, that's a really good question. I would say there's, it, 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 among certain people, there's probably still a, a stronger element of that. But I would say it's on the whole weaker than in the past, even among myself. And I don't know if that's my own maturity growing up um, and being 42 now, or if that's really changed dramatically for everyone. But I think there is a desire from all walks to see like younger families up here because uh, we all see the uh, that that demographic just disappearing in many ways. So Although I think in the last few years, there's been a little bit more of a boost, even at the Children's Center um, where I take my kid. They've had a bunch more babies in the last few years. So maybe there's a little bit of a bounce back in that sense. But I don't think it's as strong as it once was. I do believe like 80s and 90s, there was, and my parents would tell me even back in the 70s, they definitely got a, um, felt a cold shoulder a lot of times, just not having those old family ties, even though my dad had been coming up here since the 40s. Um, but they, well, my dad once told me, he goes, I, I finally felt like a local when Rolly Jones invited me out to dinner. And Rolly Jones is a guy who has Jones Sugar Bush, the maple syrup place on County T and lives mm-hmm. about a mile down the road. He was like, and he goes, that was about 2006, 2007. So they've been up here for about wow. 40 years. And my dad's like, yeah, I kind of felt like I was in then. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, well, that goes a bit to, I mean, you, you know, you and I talked a while back about Old Door County, New Door County. And I think that's overplayed a little bit in terms of like, there's always things change and any part of any city or, or small town is going to have some, you know, evolution and turnover and, and fresh ideas and new, new look businesses. But I think it is pretty pronounced up there. Um, and a metaphor I used to use is uh, the place I worked in 2007 was the Mission Grill. Um, and, you know, Tom and Carl were running the place then. Um, and it, you know, fantastic food, did a lot of weddings, rehearsal dinners and such. Um, you know, it was a very nice high end wine spectator kind of restaurant, um, which just a few years prior had been kind of a bar and grill with checkerboard floor and, and pinball and, mm-hmm. and video games. And that to me was sort of a little, with the same owner, by the way was a little metaphor of the change in Door County. At the time, it was places like Diggers and the Mission um, and, you know, we're, we're sort of going more by the wayside and Door County was moving towards this in a Christopher's Mission Grill, Waterfront was new then, um, of really classy, kind of more, a little bit of a button-up shirt, even if you're going to cuff the sleeves or just the tie. Um, and I feel like now, my outside-looking-in view is that that pendulum Maybe it hasn't so much swung back towards casual, but it's kind of gone to a third place of, you know, care about your craft and, you know, a, a deliberateness about your concept or your, your clientele or the way you're going to do your, your, your passionate, the thing you're passionate about. Um, but it's not snooty. It's not that, yeah. you know, kind of st- stuffy yacht club vibe that at times it would have in, in the late 2000s. Uh, and and that's, that's, I think, a, it's super exciting. That's a great point. And I was definitely one of those people that was very bitter at that time about those changes. You know, like as you're in your mid 20s, all you know is whatever has been happening in the last 10 years. Like you have no grasp of right. anything that came before that. So w- when Diggers was gone and, um, and, and even, thumb as fun, you mentioned, right? thumb oh, thumb fun. I mean, thumb fun is still in my head. I mean, it's, right? it's the <laughs> condoification of their county. So, yeah. And so you see, see every change is bad. And I actually had a, a really, oh, by the way, I, I totally agree with your kind of classification there of that switch again, because there was an era where it started to get pretty snooty. Um, that probably especially rubbed me the wrong way because I didn't have any money, so I couldn't be snooty. Um, <laughs> right. But, um, so maybe it was just plain jealousy on my part. Could be. And yet the Red Room never raised the price. It was still a buck for that <laughs> Still spot. a buck at the Red Room. Um, it probably just shrunk the mugs down a little bit. Um, 
But one of the lessons I got in in evaluating change, and I still get, like anybody up here, I still don't like, oh, well, I shouldn't say I don't always not like change, but you're you're kind of put off by it. <laughs> and I have to think about it a little bit and, and really process it to go like, okay, is this a good thing or a bad thing? Not just like, did it just hit me the wrong way? Is it is it just different? And I was talking to George Erickson once who had a small house right next to what is now, I think, Yacht Harbor Shores condominiums. And he had been there forever. He was a teacher at Gibraltar. And I went to interview him one day. And admittedly, I went in there thinking I was going to get this angle for a story about this, this old guy getting squeezed out of his house by these two condominium developments surrounding his home and how much that stinks. And he had a totally different take. He was just like, you know, there's always change up here. There's always, you know, where JJ's is used to be that where it was a lumber dock. And then later it was cherry, a cherry depot and the bay was full of cherry pits. And then after that, it was cottages with, you know, one light bulb in the middle. And each step of those is change. And he goes, and I've seen it change a couple, go through a couple more evolutions. And now it's JJ's. And today's people will tell you JJ's is great. And then someday JJ's will get taken away and people will be up in arms, but then they'll get used to the next thing. So there is some perspective in that. Um, it doesn't, that doesn't, isn't the answer to every question regarding development and evolution, but that's part of it. He also said, Hey, I've, we've been here. There's not many people around. I just hope some of these people in these condos stick around in the winter and I get to see a light on when I drive by. So he was like, it'll right. be le- a little less lonely. And he just had a, a much different perspective than I thought he would. And it, it gave me a, a, a little bit different way to look at these things. I'm like, okay, there is Door County has changed many times. You know, at the turn of the century, most of the forests up here, they're not old growth forests. If you look at a lot of those old pictures, every town is just clear cut to the bones. So there's another era in there, many eras in those hundred years of whatever we thought of. And I think a lot of, for a lot of us, it's whatever was the first impression we have had of Door County must be what it always was and what it's always meant to be. And any change is an affront to that. Um, And that, but then you realize it's just always been evolving. Yeah, that's a really man. That's super astute, and I, I and I like the well. I don't like the notion of JJ's going away. In fact, I'll chain <laughs> myself to a bar stool. I, I um, almost introduced <laughs> you as JJ's lover, Jake Nyber. Yeah, let let it be known that if 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 they in quotes come for JJ's, I'll be burning in one hand, handcuffed <laughs> on the other to a stool. But um, I, I will say that you know even even JJ's I mean has changed over the years in terms of. It used to kind of, I mean, like a lot of places, like everything's a best kept secret, or at least you think it is, you feel like it is. And part of that goes to just great business owners who make you feel special and make you feel, you know, like a regular and, and shout your name when you come in the door, even if you haven't been in there in, in 51 weeks. Um, you know, people like a, like a JJ, like Dave, like, a, you know, good bartenders can do that. Good, good, you know, hotel owners can do that. But also I think there's something to be said for, you know, attracting a different type of just people to Door County and, and a place like a Trixie's or like a Wickman house. Um, those are restaurants that I put, you know, punch for punch with any place in Chicago, Minneapolis, you know, Madison, Milwaukee. And I can tell my friends now who are considering Door County and maybe never been, you know, Hey, I know you love great food. Let me give you a list of eight places you're going to go. And yeah, two of them are going to be the tap and, you know, Northern grill or whatever else uh, for some munchies, but three or four of them are going to be places that if they were in town here would be on our frequent rotation. And, it's fun to tell the story of a Trixie's, tell the story of what Jesse's doing at the creamery. Um, and these aren't just, you know, kitschy places that you go to because you're in Door County. So I guess we, you know, we better drink some, some cherry wine. Like this is high class quality stuff that's on par with a lot of other places. And that to me is what's setting the current Door County apart from either the snooty version that was going around for a while or the Dell's, you know, sort of thumb fun 1.0, which I loved, I grew up with, but I drive around the Dell's now and I do not see the same level of craft, um, that I do on the peninsula. And it's, it's really something, I mean, discourse coffee, I could, you know, gush about those guys for, for days. Same with Randy at Isley. Like there's just every place is like, man, this is someone who cares a lot about what they do. And they're just choosing to do it in a place that I love. I mean, that's a real win. Well, a couple of things about that is one, I think it's, it's cool for guys like you and I to see those places happen. And, and so many of them are our contemporaries who, you know, struggled as servers worked at a lot of the same places where th- that we worked or worked alongside us 20 years ago and have slowly built their way into being restaurateurs and owning their own place. 
So they have like a connection to the county as well that way. They care about the place. That's really cool to see those people come up and be successful, whether you're talking about um, Jesse at the creamery or Mike Dobner at the boathouse and Paula, your uh, that your cousin? Paula's your cousin, right? Cousin, cousin-in-law. Cousin-in-law. I guess, I don't know. Well, yeah, my, my cousin's cousin, so whatever that makes sense. Yeah, over at the Sister Bay Bowl and, and the guys at Husby's. Like, it's, it's great to see your generation kind of step into those places. I definitely jumped the gun and stepped in way too soon and made plenty of mistakes trying to do that, <laughs> trying to accelerate that process 20 years ago. But the other thing you mentioned, you know, about telling somebody from outside the area, like, hey, you can come to Door County and we're going to go to these really cool restaurants. And I love going to a vacation town that just has crappy little diners too. Um, I love going anywhere and sitting at a crappy little di- diner or dive bar. Yeah. But it is when my wife and I were talking about moving back here, if we had been having that conversation and we moved back in 2017 and my wife had worked in a previous life as a chef at some really great restaurants and loves loves all kind of food. So if we were having that same conversation in 2008 about moving to Door County and we came up here in the wintertime and saw a ghost town with, you know, basically the, the tavern in each town is open, but no other, not much else in terms of a, a food option. Um, I don't know that she would have jumped on board, but by the time we started talking about it in 2016, you had had that influx of new blood, new ideas, um, kind of a new commitment to restaurants where people were were really thinking about the whole space and the whole menu and the the vibe of the places became a little bit more urban, but not so urban that they were trying to mimic a city thing. It was still like Door County, but with some of that warmth of a city place, it was it was a lot easier for her to make that jump and decide to move to this little place in Wisconsin. So versus me right, trying to pull familiarity. her. Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's the kind of thing you'd expect and you're used to elsewhere and to find it there. Um, you know, and I don't want to frame it as a graduation because I think there's just like you, uh, you know, or the supper club culture and my, my aunt and uncle Gary and Sherry Willems were some of the owners of the bowl for years. And I grew up running around that place and, and, you know, eating, perch and, and prime rib and scallops and all the stuff. And like living in a supper club as a little kid um, gave me, I think, a, a one appreciation for it. Loving going to them as an adult is another. And it's not ironic. It's actually fantastic. And I, you know, it's, uh, you ask me to flip a coin, you want to have dinner at Trixie's or Waterfront or Wickman or the bowl. And, and it's not a culinary question. It's a vibe question. And both of them have their place. Uh, having said that, just to have a little less kitsch at times for pe- someone who's coming from a city and be able to say, yeah, go get your, you know, you're going to go get an old fashioned and a perch dinner when you're up here because it's what you do. But also you're going to go one night to Trixie's and you're going to have burrata that's like as good as some you had in Santa Monica that costs five times the price. Um, <laughs> and that's pretty great. I mean, I, I, I can name a few places on earth that are, you know, doing stuff as deliberately as some of the places in Door County, whether it's coffee or cuisine or even like Door County Brewing. I do, you know, I work in the craft beer business, kind of moonlight. Um, and I know 12 or 15 different cities really well from a craft beer perspective. And what they're doing, uh, especially with Hacienda, is top notch. I mean, that those beers are, I'll put them up there with anything around the country. And they're happening in Bailey's Harbor. I mean, that's really cool. It's not, it's, this isn't a cherry flavored beer, or like, you know, some liquid malt kind of <laughs> operation. This is a full-fledged, you know, award-winning brewery right there on the peninsula. Um, and that was so needed 10, 15 years ago. And, and frankly, we could use more. Um, you know, you talked a, a little bit about like that, that mix of the supper club and the, the newer wave of restaurants and, and striking that balance. And it's something I've been thinking about a lot lately. And, you know, when I lived in the city and I would, I would just move searching out cheap rent where my, my rent would go up in one place and you'd have to move to another neighborhood, which always meant you were going to a, 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 a sketchier neighborhood is a kind word for it. Um, but then you but were the also food was always amazing. When you well, got the food was always amazing. <laughs> <laughs> but as you do that, you know, at me as the most average uh, white guy in America, you you are the gentrifier. You are that thing that's like changing a neighborhood. And in Door County, I've been trying to, I've been thinking about this a little bit in terms of like sort of the gentrification of Door County, not from a cultural standpoint as much as a socioeconomic standpoint. Um, when you look at housing and housing prices and development, as that development goes in and drives up the prices of the homes in that area and drives, I would say drives up the rent, but I would say drives out the opportunity to rent even in uh, much of the county, you have this other shift of like, how do you keep it? How do you keep some of that old Door County feel? Right now we have a pretty good blend how do you not lose all that old door County 
while you're still developing. And it's just that that constant push and pull, especially with the housing market. And now when you've talked about looking at Door County as a potential place to, you know, buy something or um, have have a seasonal place, if not a, a year round type of place, you've you face that same struggle of I'm don't want to put words in your mouth, but basically being that that person who's driving that wedge in deeper. Hundred percent. I mean, it's I, you don't want to be that guy, right? In, in quotes. And as I stand downtown Sister Bay, um, and I look at you know, I, I, I'm standing outside of Grassy's, remembering being a kid, being told to be careful as I walk across the street to the candy store and the walkway shops, and that's not there anymore. Um, things change, as you said, but now it's a massive hotel that's probably going to be gorgeous and probably going to bring a lot of people who love a lot of things about Dark County to spend their money on the peninsula. And that's, you need that. I mean, I remember every year growing up, the Sunday night or Sunday afternoon of Fall Fest, watching people stream out of the county from the corner window at the bowl. And it's this love-hate thing of like, thank you for a great season and goodbye. And, yeah. you know, that exhale. And then a couple months later, there's a, there's, you know, a peacefulness, but a loneliness and the, the money starts to get tighter. And so the season, I, know I don't have to explain the seasonality of, of money up there to you, but that's kind of a, a microcosm of like, there's, here comes a big hotel. It's a double-edged sword. It looks perhaps, you know, a bit startling to people who are, are used to Sister Bay. And it's going to bring a lot of quality customers to businesses um, and people who might decide they love the place. And some of them might eventually move there and make the community richer. Um, you know, culturally and, and, and from a people perspective, um, but it's different. And, you know, and so as I've looked at places, yeah, I mean, I, uh, you know, a, a friend of mine and I both thought it'd be nice to get there eventually. What if we just bought a place that we could use as often as possible and rent when we're not there. And that makes a lot of sense financially, like on paper, it makes sense to pick up a place that you can, you know, kind of, you know, help acquire and rent through one of the companies up there. Um, but then are you becoming that guy? And are you part of the, you know, ever changing push in the county away from what was to what is going to be and then what eventually will change again. I don't know the answer to that. Um and I think it's okay to sit with the, you know, reality that all those buildings going up um mean, you know, whether it's literally tearing down other housing or squeezing out the pricing of other housing, that's gonna be harder for the people who work in those restaurants you love to even find a place to stay for the summer. And at the same time, how cool is that that you could find a place that's got a view of the water that you could rent when you're not there and make it possible for you to do it? So, uh, yeah, like who's to say you don't? New, there's a lot of new ones. Yeah, who's to say you don't deserve? You know, as somebody who's worked up here and had this connection all these years, like, yeah, I also would like to the waterfront vacation. <laughs> you know, I would like right, to stare at the right. water at the end of my day. Um, it, it's tough. yeah. There's new ones, right? There's gray area, and, and I listened to your podcast uh, the other week. A frequent listener, first time caller. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the, the the episode about uh, what's happening with Fred and Fuzzies potentially and because some of the stuff going behind the Yacht Club and like those conversations, that is the just absolute epitome of I can absolutely see both sides, especially as somebody who could see myself, you know, you know, potentially going in on a condo like that versus remembering what Fred and Fuzzies was like and someday looking at that shoreline from a boat and going, huh, okay, so little sister's gone. And so it's that it's not right. It's not wrong. It's just, it just is. It's change. And I think it's, Durr County teaches a lot of life lessons in that way. Yeah. And it's, it's tougher and tougher because like I look at say the 1970s when my parents moved up here, uh, for good in I think 72 and you could get a property up here pretty damn cheap. And so many kids that I grew up with were similar to my family where your house was always under construction, you know, insulation's probably exposed and maybe the Tyvek's still on the outside of the house. Um, Full disclosure, it's still on the outside of my death house. <laughs> um, but like you're always working and just piecing it together and getting ahead. And nowadays that option isn't here. There's that cheap plot of land isn't here. And I wonder if my dad even wondered at one point, like if any of his kids would be able to have a foothold in Door County, even by the the way things were going in the late nineties, two thousands. And but then from as I start raising my child, you start to wonder, like, hmm. Would my son's name is Connor. I'm like, is he going to be able to work a summer job in Door County? Is there going to be a place that he would be able to rent and live in up here? And what would his experience be 15 to 20 years from now? Um, and would the, his generation be able to kind of have the same Door County experience and have a piece of this beautiful spot the way that you and I did? Because I think that's one of the rare things about Door County is it's probably a vestige of kind of like it's, it's still hidden to some degree. And as more and more people discover it and put their money here. Um, it might squeeze out more of that kind of generational 
connection to this place that makes it special. Um, I, I have that fear. I'm not trying to be like the, the doomsayer or anything, but that is something that starts going through your head more and more is what's that next generation of people that I just want other people to have that same kind of opportunity to have that experience that we had. Yeah. It's, and it's, it's something that I think, you know, while my mom's, you know, family has, you know, deep roots there, um, had my dad not gone up there at one point with her and loved it, they wouldn't have moved there once. And, and, and then a second and now a third time, <laughs> they have a, a, now a seasonal place there at Landmark. And, um, it, it gets its cause in you. I mean, it, it, there's just something about it because I, I, you know, and just for perspective, I'm not outdoorsy. Like I love the park and I think it's gorgeous, but I'm not someone who really camps. Um, and yet I love the outdoorsiness of Door County. I'm not someone who needs. You are um, like a you know, what, have, five or six time finisher of the Door County half marathon. I think, dude, I think we're six or seven and, and, <laughs> yeah. and took a couple of years <laughs> off. I'm, I'm back this year, by the way, I'm counting on it. Excellent. Um, how, however uh, delayed or distance it needs to be out there, but, um, <laughs> the three hour pace team. But, um, I'll tell you that, you know, when I tell friends, you know, if you like going to the North Shore of Minnesota, it's that. But the the beauty is, you know, it's as, it's as rugged as that if you go to the lakeside. It's as peaceful as Brainerd if you go to the bayside. Um, and it's got restaurants that neither can hold a candle to. Um, and the fact that Door County is, you know, at one point going across 29, it was seven plus hour drive. And, you know, for better or worse for those little towns, now you can get there in five, five and change. Hmm. Um, but it's still that number, that five hour number, I think makes people go, oh, that's a, that's that's kind of far. And then go to Brainerd instead or in Chicago, hmm. they might go, oh, and go to Geneva or Lake Geneva instead. Yeah. Um, but obviously when you make it there, I have a new rule. We have a new rule. We've had it for years now, but I don't go to Door County for less than three nights. I just I, it, it's too much of a drive, especially with little kids to go for 48 hours. Um, yeah. and eventually I hope that, I hope that I can say, you know, less than two weeks at some point. Um, but it, you know, all in, all in good time. <laughs> um, you know, another thing on, on this to get off some of the heavier sides of this is like that you, you mentioned in, in some of our conversation before this about the difference between vacationing and living here. And when you look at it, kind of what are those questions that pop up in your head of when you try to think of like, what would it really be like? Yeah. I mean, when you look at, a place that you love to vacation in, whether you've been there once or a hundred times and think, man, it'd be great to live here. And I've had the same thoughts about Denver or San Fran or, or wherever think, man, what a great city. But you're almost always having it through the eyes of either, a, you know, I'm kind of working or I'm on a work trip or I'm not working at all and I'm on vacation. You're not doing day-to-day life there. You know, most people don't go to, you know, Sonoma and sit in their hotel the whole time and work. Um, and if you were someone who worked from Sonoma or Door County or wherever, that would change. So specific to Door County, you know, I've had chunks of time where I've thought, you know, I could do this from there. Um, but if I was doing it from there, I wouldn't be doing it from JJ's. I wouldn't be sitting at the tap. <laughs> I wouldn't be at the, you know, maybe it would be at the beach. Um, so you do have to remind yourself, you know, when I'm there to the extent that anybody can these days, I'm trying to unplug. I'm getting into that mindset of vacation mode. I've maybe come up with some friends or another couple or, or, or you know, parents or whatever. And you're usually filling your week with a lot of fun. You know, you're, you're going to, you know, plum loco with the kids or you're, you're, you know, you're at not like yet, or you're at the beach. And so I don't know, I, I guess I'd put that question back on you as a, as a, as a young parent, um, as someone who is full-time there again now, you know, how much of that, you know, in quotes, touristy stuff, or even just fun stuff, do you still kind of work into your life throughout the days in the summer? Or is it kind of like, yeah, that's what people who are here on vacation do. But for the most part, we're just kind of doing life, going to the store, going home, maybe meeting friends for dinner. Um, I, my, my sense is I'd find a way to be pretty social because I'm kind of clinically, clinically extroverted, but I, bit, I know yeah. it wouldn't be, I know it wouldn't be the same. You know, I know it wouldn't be the same. And that's something that I think about. Um, the short answer is I don't do it enough, but the longer answer is in a sense that I could, and I think we all could up here. And sometimes you get caught in this, uh, routine and then you realize, well, why couldn't I just go set up shop in the corner of JJ's today or, <laughs> um, or pick your favorite place, the red room, whatever. I happen to have a job that to some degree lends itself to it because I have to go and talk to people and, and talk to them where they're at if it's not a freaking pandemic for a year. But um, normally I'm, I'm going out and experiencing a lot of those things to some degree. And then the other thing that happens once you move here is everyone comes and visits and they all stay with you. I've had as many as like 22 people staying at my house. So wow. in, in the, in the midst of that, you end up, you know, I have a lot of brothers and sisters who come or a brother and a lot of sisters who come up here and they bring their kids. And, you know, if it's sneaking out to 
PC Junction when the kids definitely want to go over there and see the train or getting down to the farm with them for a half hour is usually kind of how that works out. Um, but when I moved away, that following July, I came home around the 4th of July. And I, a friend of mine once said, like, the 4th of July is a, that's a holiday meant for small towns. And I'm always sitting here in the small town thinking like, oh, I want to, it'd be cool to spend the 4th of July in a city. And 4th of July in the city is nothing. But once you get there, you're like, I really missed a small town 4th of July. So then I came back up here and had like one of those great five day stretches where, you know, I'm at, I'm at the beach one day, I'm at the 4th of July parades, I'm helping my parents in their garden and everything I do is just a bonus because I'm from out of town. And then uh, going to Camp David and seeing a concert at night. And that was maybe like this first time I had ever really seen Door County from the outside in. And go, oh, this is why people love it, especially after they've come here a few times and and made some connections and know some people, because it's a totally different experience once you know a few people and and you feel like welcomed at a restaurant or bar or or you you know the story behind a place. It just starts to make it part of you in a different way than just like something you're consuming. But that that week changed my, my whole perception of the county, honestly. And I as I'm talking about it, I'm like, why don't I squeeze more of that in? But then I think of my day to day and my wife and I, we take, we go for walks through sister Bay and we do try to soak that in once in a while and just like grab coffee and sit down at the Marina and just realize a lot of people are on vacation and they're doing this right now. And we just get to do it in our downtown, which is pretty great. Right. You have that luxury to be able to say, and I've seen you guys, you know, walk around up there with, you know, other groups of friends or whatever. And, you know, I mean, that's, for me, from an outsider's perspective, the best thing about Door County, and again, it's that extrovert piece maybe, but I think it's for everyone, is seeing the people you know. You know, knowing that when I walk in, uh, you know, to a Husby's or a JJ's, you know, Dave's going to shout Jakers, and there's going to be a grain belt slid across the bar without me asking, um, and there's going to be a, a burning shortly thereafter, and that's just how it works. And and you don't need to go there many times, or, or you know, or have that many conversations to feel like you belong. And I think the best part about the place is that it, you know, for the most part is very, very willing to, you know, not only welcome people from, from without, because they're part of the economy, um, but sort of make them feel like they're a part of the place. And, uh, that's when it really gets exciting. I think is when you can picture yourself, um, you know, just doing, you know, bigger chunks of your life up there that are more than just, you know, a crazy weekend and a half marathon and, you know, a drive home with a hangover. <laughs> you know, one of the other things that, that if you ever did move up here full time, one of the things that happens probably within the first year to year and a half, if you are remotely social and have displayed any semblance of a, a skill set for anything, you'll be asked to be on five to six boards within the first like 18 months. So if you are not co uh, like connected to anything voluntarily in your hometown, you will find it in Door County because everyone's desperate. <laughs> um so you're, yeah, you're saying, uh, real quick when you get up there, like, uh, develop an extreme shyness. Yes. Yes. Do that for sure. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're going to be in seven meetings a day. Um, and every but that's committee. one of the, I mean, I've, I've been on nonprofit boards before and, and, and with organizations I've, I've been very passionate about. Um, but up there, especially, I think you probably get a very quick sense of the tangibility of what you're doing and the work that you're doing, because it's not as vague. It's literally helping someone you know, right down the street or that, you know, um, or changing, you know, the, you know, cultural opportunity for a kid in your community or your own kid. Um, it doesn't take much, I think, in Door County, um, to really make a ripple, um, if you want to. And one thing I remember, um, I think I heard you talk about this once, or maybe we chatted about it is if you want something to happen, just do it. Yeah. You know, just, just, you're going to have to make it happen. But the cool thing is you can probably make it happen. So, you know, if someone came up there and said, man, I really think there needs to be uh, fill in the blank, a, a school of rock for kids. We'll start it. Or if you think, you know, they're, they're man, we could use a, a, another disc golf course. Well, David Elliott and some people like figured it out. And I played there like 25 times the summer I lived up there and, you know, <laughs> chucking Frisbees around his property. And that just happens. Like you can't just do that in the middle of Chicago. <laughs> like I'm going to make that. And some of that's a function of land, but also just, well, it doesn't really exist. So I guess if we want it to exist, we're going to have to do it. Um, that, that self-starterness is something that, you know, I think you just probably develop, um, living in a smaller area. 
That's a that is a really good point. Like in in Chicago and in other cities, that almost seems like like an insurmountable hurdle to get something like that accomplished. But up here, you see that all the time. I mean, you think of the auditorium with the the people who uh, built that at Gibraltar thirty plus years ago, and the and the impact that has made on a lot of different organizations and students and um, people who just like performing arts. And a lot of times, it's like the people behind some of these bigger initiatives weren't people with resources. But they had the drive and then they demonstrated it, and then they found the people with resources. Um, I take my kid to Northern Door Children's Center, which was started by a bunch of local people who happened to find somebody who was willing to help put some money down to, to build the new center. And 20 years later, how many kids have gone through there? And 30 years after the auditorium was built, how many um, different kids have graduated across that stage? And then you even Scandia Village, like there's a lot of outside people raising money and and doing the work to get that built. And you think of how much better that makes, um, you know, in, in some cases, the last 20 or 30 years of someone's life better, but in many cases, some of the hardest months of their life better, um, especially in the aging community. But all those things, it's somebody decides it has to be done and finds a way to get it done. Um, before I let you go, we're at about the 50 minute mark, so we're creeping up on an hour. But I'd be remiss if I didn't mention the uh, the Minnesota sports scene here and uh, the Vikings continual yeah. performance. What is it like to be a Minnesota Vikings fan, Jake? You know, I'll tell you, Miles, um, <laughs> I, my mom grew up, so she's got these Door County roots, lived in Sturgeon Bay for a long time, and then eventually went to high school in Green Bay. She grew up uh, a block and a half from Lambeau Field. And her dad, my late grandfather, and her siblings all loved sports, uh, all bleed green and gold. And my mom, for whatever reason, just didn't, didn't really care about sports, which is fine. And neither did my dad. So as a result, I was my sports fandom came from his dad, my grandpa, who was a longtime journalist in the Twin Cities, and he was a Twins fan. He was a Vikings fan. He he was a fan of the Gophers. He was a Minnesota sports fan. Uh, a lot of those teams have given some ups and downs, but none like the Vikings. It's a curse. They're awful. Um, <laughs> it's just you know, the Packer fans love to point out, especially you know the Door County ones. Oh, we hate the Bears way more than the Vikings. Yeah, fair enough. But for most of my adult life. The Vikings have been way more relevant than the Bears. It's been a great rivalry, and it's a rivalry that, at least in terms of uh, any kind of hardware or, or postseason accolades, it's that old joke of, like, the plastic sleeve from outside the cigarette box, and you set it on the bar and say, what's that? Oh, the Vikings trophy case. And, like, so I've heard it all, um, and I, was, I, I should say I wasn't born into it. I wish I would have been born into it. Um, but growing up in Minnesota, I didn't know any better. Uh, and you can't just shift allegiances. I'd love to snap my fingers and and go back and have my mom, you know, sort of you know, tell me about Don Mikowski and then come along with the Farvera. Um, I remember all that. It just wasn't a team that I, that I cheered for. I wish it was. And I envy it in, in many ways, the, the <laughs> special, the specialness, if that's a word of, of the franchise, but yeah, being a Vikings fan is not easy. Uh, for many years, I was that guy at fall fest with the, with the, you know, Chris Carter Jersey or Randy Moss Jersey or Jared Allen Jersey, um, taking the chiding in, in, in in stride and good natured fun, but uh, it's a dark, dark scene right now for a Vikes fan. It's a dark scene for um, for a Timberwolves fan. I know you're a big basketball guy, Miles, and I'll say that uh, again. I envy the Bucks. I mean, uh, what's happening there? But I'll tell a quick Door County story that bookends into this. Um, and this is again just kind of a, a testament to the to the place and the power of of people and tradition. Uh, I was at the Alley Bar at the Bowl. Uh, I think last summer, maybe or two summers ago, and. Um, uh, talking with Paula and my cousin Rachel and some others, and I think you came down the hill by the side of the bowl there and said, "Hey, Kevin Harlan's up up waiting for a table at the bowl." Well, I grew up a Timberwolves fan, and, uh, and that's why Kevin I pointed Harlan, it out because yeah, yeah, I, I, I knew you were dying. Exactly, he's a legend, uh, and he, you know. So I walked up there. I said, you know, and I'm not the kind of person. I'm not shy, but I'm not the kind of person who's going to go, you know, bother someone who's having their dinner and ask for an autograph or something like that. But I said, I got to say hi because he's at my uncle's bar. Um, so I walked up. You know, and I say, you know, Mr. Harlan, he goes, call me Kevin. I'm like, oh, oh wow, okay. Uh, I said, well, just wanted to say, you know, uh, my uncle owns the bar, he went for a table. I'd, oh, Gary, you know, or whatever. Uh, and it's like, oh, he knows him, that's great. Uh, and then a second later, I said, you know, I, I'm a Timberwolves fan. I grew up, you know, in the pre-Garnett era, and all the way through. And, I, you know, I want you to know that you're the reason I love the NBA. You're the reason I became a Wolves fan, because they were terrible, but you were so entertaining on the radio. You know, and I said, I remember a specific story about the Wolves. They were playing the Rockets. It was one of those, you know, kind of later night games. And I'm laying in bed as a kid listening. And they were down by, you know, this is the Elijah on air. They're probably down by 25 points late. And all that Harlan was talking about was the, the, the shade of orange on Rudy Tomjanovich's sweater for a long time and just breaking it down in the pattern. And as I'm telling him this story, 
he's just laughing and, and trying to hold in a laugh. And he said, well, I'd be lying if I said I remembered that because there were a lot of nights like that. And I said, yeah, there certainly <laughs> were. And I said, but uh, anyway, just wanted to say, you know, thanks for whatever. And, and, and I was about to walk away. And he said, well, hang on a minute. So you're a Timberwolves fan, guessing you still are. And I said, yeah, for sure. And he proceeds to talk to me for about five minutes about, you know, what I thought the Wolves were going to do that off season. Um, and, and, you know, my opinion on this or that. And I thought, that's fantastic that a guy who, and again, I'm sure he's a great guy and everybody has a story like that about him, but that someone like that who's got national notoriety uh, chooses to return over and over and over again to a place where you can have that kind of conversation, you know, sitting with an old fashioned in your hand on the sidewalk and it's, you know, a, another gorgeous non heated night in the, in the middle of July. And, you know, that story right there and many more like it are what keep me coming back. Yeah, that's a, that is a great point because it's that wide range of people who have that connection and feel the same pull to, to this place. Um, and just to piggyback, I've met Kevin a couple of times, great guy, um, a real strong affinity for Door County. Um, but that, that impression is spot on. I love that. And you're right. He, <laughs> he is phenomenal at filling dead air. And that must just come from calling a lot of Timberwolves games back then. Um, which, which were brutal. I think that would have been what the Christian Leitner, Luke Longley era. <laughs> Yeah, it was Leitner, it was Longley, it was, I mean, it started with Pooh Richardson, Pooh Richardson and yeah. all the way through. And when Kevin Garnett arrived, I mean, that was, the Wolves were good for a few years there, but they were never great. I mean, I think they had one trip to the Western Conference Finals, but at least it was enough to get us to care again. So, you know, I'll tell you this, Miles, I mean, football is fun when the Vikings are good. Basketball, I like the sport. I also like the Wolves. Um, my first love is baseball. It was my grandpa's first love, so there's no coincidence there. I've got season tickets to the Twins. Um, I've been to 17 ballparks, uh, although now 16 because Texas just changed. Um, and I, I would say first and foremost in sports, I'm a baseball guy and then all the rest. So uh, really, the Twins need to get their house in order and the rest is gravy. Um, but I, I look forward to taking you to, taking you to Target Field sometime uh, in a summer where you're not completely busy, which is probably never, but we'll make it happen sometime. No, I, I will definitely make that happen. I, I definitely want to see that ballpark. Um, I saw the Metrodome, which was basically a Sam's Club for sports. Basic big, big warehouse. Yeah, the fact that they won two World Series in that building is almost like that. If there's a Minnesota sports curse, it's that that they even played baseball in there <laughs> in the first place. Um, so you know, we don't know what our Billy Goat is or how we can kill it, but we need to find out. <laughs> All right, um, don't 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 care kill any of our goats up here. Um, yeah, just Jake, metaphorically, yes. metaphorically. Jake, thank you so much for joining us on the podcast. A pleasure, man. I'm probably going to listen to this as I drive up there this weekend. It'll be just a, a real exercise in uh, hitting your own voice for an hour. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Welcome to my life. All right. Thanks a lot, bud. Miles, thank you. Cheers. Well, thanks to Jake Nyberg for joining us on the podcast and just having a kind of fun conversation. Um, I hope a lot of our listeners enjoyed that. I know there's a lot of folks who listen to this podcast who don't live in Door County and dream about either moving up here or getting a place up here. So hopefully maybe that was a little bit of a, a glimpse into some of the, the thinking you might be going through. And as always, thanks to you listeners as well, especially for indulging me with that conversation, just touching on a lot of different aspects. If you like that conversation, just let us know. We can uh, definitely look to have more kind of free-flowing conversations like that on the podcast once in a while. If you hated it, also let us know. I will forward those complaints directly to Jake and blame him and him alone. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast, and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you so much for listening to the Door County Pulse podcast. If you want to support us at The Pulse, check out doorcountypulse.com shop, where you can get a weekly Pulse subscription, purchase some incredible Door County artwork from Pulse artist Ryan Miller, and much more. We hope you've enjoyed the Door County Pulse podcast, and we will see you next time.